You've dreamed of building a family, but the journey hasn't been easy. I'm Dr. Laura Shaheen, a reproductive endocrinologist helping people build families every day. On our new podcast, Baby or Bust, we'll be learning from both reproductive experts and people who have faced challenges just like yours. Join us every week for Baby or Bust, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Make sure to follow us so you never miss an episode. Today on the ZabeCast, of course the NFL Combine is silly, but it's the middle of winter. What else do we have to do? The big question is, are we getting any better at it? Spoiler alert, no we're not. Andy Poland joins me to catch up on a variety of issues and to celebrate a long-lost basketball move that was on full display Sunday. All that plus the greatest sports idea I've seen in at least 50 years. Bonus, 1% Zabe is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go. <laughs> Tuesday, March 5th, 2019. Thank you for downloading. Andy Poland today and a lot of catching up to do with our friend Andrew, NFL Combine, Josh Rosen, Antonio Brown, Bryce Harper, and yes, even the Bob Kraft story that Andy has yet to chime in with me about. But before we begin, the NFL Combine, the Underwear Olympics. Sally Jenkins writing in the Washington Post points out that several academics in recent years have sought mathematical proof as to whether the underwear Olympics and the myriad of cone drills, vertical leaps, and other measurements can be actually extrapolated into success on the NFL field. The answer is simply no. In 2008, a study in the Journal of Strength and Conditioning by a team of Louisville scholars concluded, quote, using correlation analysis, we find no consistent statistical relationship between combine tests and professional football performance. Consequently, we question the overall usefulness of the combine. In 2011, analysts from the University of Georgia found very much the same and added this insight. Teams would be much better off watching game tape than players in singlets dashing around. Past performance, collegiate performance, engendered a stronger relationship with future NFL performance than a variety of physical ability tests administered during the NFL Combine. Unlike physical ability, past performance remained a valid predictor. One thing about the Combine, and I'm not sure the total numbers, they only invite a fraction of the total players who will be drafted. And of the total players who will be drafted, a number of players will be undrafted. So you're telling me the NFL finds it very valuable to microscopically test a smaller subset of players for their vertical, their 40 time, their bench press. Of course, I think most teams understand this and they theoretically factor in, okay, it's just the combine, let's not get carried away. But it's hard to not get carried away because this thing is like any part of the long NFL offseason, part now of the hype machine. I'm talking about it. Got television ratings over the weekend. The Combine's ratings, I think, outdraw certain NBA games. It's pretty unbelievable when you think about it. Another statistician at UC Berkeley in 2016 writes Jenkins, found that acing the 40-meter dash will almost guarantee a prospect's entrance to the NFL. That is true. There was one player who broke down in tears after seeing his 40-yard dash time because he knows that speed is irresistible. That's why the freak of the combine this year this guy, D.K. Metcalf of Ole Miss, I guarantee of the people who played fantasy football in the NFL this year, everyone from the hardcore to the casual, the percentage of those fantasy football players, so they're already invested in the NFL, I would be willing to wager less than 4% saw a single play by D.K. fucking Metcalf at Ole Miss this year. Guaranteed. Yet he was the talk of the combine. Why? Because he looked like a freak. I mean, muscles 
ab- abdominal muscles that look like rocks. Unbelievable. Or as Sally wrote, they look like grenades stuffed into his belly. DK Metcalf ran a blazing 40-yard dash time at a size and a physique that was spectacular. My eyes, just my stupid couch eyes, said, how come that guy's running so weird? He looked like he was running bow-legged to me. But okay, whatever. Can he play football? Don't know. Looks the part, runs like the wind, first-round draft pick. Mark my words. This study in 2016 said they could only establish one fairly reasonable linear relationship between the combine speed drills and eventual NFL performance, and that was at running back. Well, that makes sense. Slow running backs don't usually survive. Just ask Eddie Lacy. That China food, though. That was a cheap shot, Zabe. Was it? Or was it a truth shot? Otherwise, the study said as for building statistical models from data used by the study, it was actively disappointing and oftentimes a mixture of various techniques had to be conducted just to make sure that we were not making up stories, unquote. Making up stories, Sally writes. That's what a lot of NFL execs and scouts are doing at the Combine, making up stories, All the rigorous analysis shows the combine is all but useless as a predictive tool. And yet these scouts and executives use it anyway to determine their draft orders, in part to determine their draft orders. Do me a favor. Remind me of the greatest combine warriors slash draft busts. The names that come to mind for me are Mike Mamula, defensive end for the Eagles, picked him. He did a bunch of bench press reps that wowed everybody. And then there was this wide receiver from Hawaii, Ashley Lalee, who was a first-round pick, went to Denver. Hell, I remember Johnny Manziel wowing certain writers going, ooh, he said every executive for the Jaguars by name. He was very earnest and forthright. He Remember Johnny Manziel threw with a helmet on as a hook, as a, I'm so intense, I'm bringing my helmet to the combine. Oh, it's all such wonderful nonsense. And by wonderful, I do mean wonderful. There's no harm in it as a football fan for watching and commenting. What sucks is if your team gets bamboozled into taking a guy based on a three-cone drill number. I'd never seen no damn cones on a football field. As soon as they do a three-cone extra point, then I'll care about your three-cone drill time. Otherwise, pound sand. All right, let's ring Andy Paul and see what he's up to tonight. Hey there. Why is it that you have to always peddle such nonsense, Andrew? Why, I ask you. Such, such <laughs> not, not, nonsense spies, as what? The spies are out, my friend. I have I received a tip that said, you said on your weekend show with Lovey that mm-hmm. Bryce Harper should be in the ring of honor? Oh, we did a whole hour on that. Yeah. What is wrong with you? No fucking way. (laughs) The first star in the history of the franchise? No. (laughs) Okay, let's go through what Bryce Harper did for us. Never made it out of the first round of the playoffs. Won one MVP and then went to our hated rivals. Fuck him Mm -hmm. with a stick. We're not putting him in the ring of honor. He didn't win shit here, and he went to our rival. That's my okay. stance. But the the situation when he came here was that most people thought he was going to be here until the Yankees said, We'll take it from here. But he, and but he did not he did not come here though as a free agent. No. He had no choice, but, and we had his control up until this past winter. Correct. But I always felt that he was not going to be here long-term, that he was going to be a Yankee, maybe a Dodger, but that the Nationals were not going to pay the freight. And I also thought when they gave Strasburg the extension, and that's going back a few years now, that they had made up their minds that they weren't going to pay the price to bring back Bryce Harper. 
Yeah, I guess so. But I just, you are always a fairly lenient grader when it comes to these things, because <laughs> for those that listened to our show back in the day, you'll remember when Andy and I had a throwdown as to who should or should not be invited back to alumni <laughs> day for Redskin games, because they invited back this dipwad, Darnerian McCants. And I said, that fucking scrub, no way. Tell him to stay home. <laughs> Andy's stance was, hey, he played for the team. He's allowed to come home for homecoming. Right. I follow him on Facebook now. Do you really? Yeah. What does he do? Uh, he does like um, fitness things and, you know, working with young people. And I don't know. He's, you know, I guess he's, he's in the uh, fit, fitness business. Now, what, tempt, what, what tested Andy's sort of come one, come all generosity was my example about Hainsworth. And yeah. I believe you said, no, that fat fuck, stay away. <laughs> no, right? no, no. No, you didn't well, say that? He, he, I would say he could come back, but I would say to the fan base, you're welcome to throw whatever you want at him. <laughs> so you're like, technically, we can't stop you from coming back. Do you know the signing uh, was enjoyed, enjoyed? The signing was its 10-year anniversary like three days ago. Oh, I know. Yeah, I, I did that on Old School Andy on uh, on the show over the week that weekend. Yes, uh, it, 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 it was quite an event, and I think you were off the day that they signed oh, him. I remember exactly where I was when I found out. I was, that's where? how, I was in Milwaukee at a Bob and Brian bowling tournament. Mm-hmm. And I go, and, and of course, that someone comes up to me, and now this is sort of pre-social media, right? This is 2009? Yeah. yeah. And they say, uh, yeah, guess what? The Redskins signed Hainsworth. And I just laughed. I go, of course we did. Within <laughs> minutes of free agency opening. God, what a terrible deal. And what, yeah, a, what yeah. a bad person, too. That's oh, ultimately a, a hor- the The worst human being who ever participated in sports certainly in this area, maybe ever. Uh, And he, um, anyway, he came on with Libero and me uh, not long after the signing. You know, we were the Redskins station, so they they got him on. And uh, I was prepared to ask him about the Andre Garrard thing early, and he brought it up right away, and he kind of disarmed us. And we came away from a 10-minute conversation thinking, okay, all right, maybe he uh, maybe he's turned a page here, <laughs> and he just couldn't have been a worse person. And hopefully, on his way to being bankrupt. So many oh, episodes that. with Hainsworth. Where remember remember when his cousin died in a motorcycle accident, and he just I took, think it was his brother. Was it his brother? I thought it was even yeah. one more distant, one more notch. Whatever the case, took three games off. Three games yeah. off in the middle of the fucking season. Well, what happened was he, he was going to be gone for one game, and they expected him back for the following Wednesday for practice. And he said, nah, I'm not going to make it back. So I think that uh, Shanahan just deactivated him for the next game. I yeah. think that's how that worked, yeah. yeah. And, th- and then he was seen riding a motorcycle in, like, the funeral procession. Yeah. I mean, God, what a terrible guy. And then, and then, of course, there was the standoff between him and Shanahan about the conditioning test that oh, one yeah. summer in training camp where, up oh, he ran the conditioning test again, didn't pass. We'll see what happens tomorrow. And Shanahan was insistent on him passing that damn test. Well, what, you remember this. He, he was on his way to passing, and then he said, I've got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> So he went to the bathroom, and, and when he came back, Shanahan added it to his time, said he didn't pass. Oh, my uh, God. But, Are you well, sure he was on his way to passing? You well, sure he, he, was, he was, yeah. yeah, but he was winded. That's why he wanted to stop and go to the bathroom. Of course. And, and I remember the first year before Shanahan got here, remember he played under Zorn for a year, yeah. uh, early in the season, they took him off on a cart. And I think I was on the phone with you, and I said, you know, when you take a guy off on a card, that's usually the end of his season. Turned out he was just winded. Yeah, they did. <laughs> I was in Atlanta, and they took him off on a card. He came back later in the game. And, yeah. that, and that then spawned the phrase, the bacon and oxygen card <laughs> yes. for Albert Hainsworth. <laughs> well, the good news oh, is God. our football team will not repeat that mistake this winter. A, because there's no big-name defensive bag-of-shit 
free agents to sign. And number two, we ain't got no money, Andy. No we money. Got no, no money. money. Yeah. So, so the latest is they're looking into the discount Jewish quarterback, which, uh, <laughs> as a matter of fact, we have our first uh, Hall of Fame meeting this week. So I will uh, instantly bring him up for nomination <laughs> when we get together. <laughs> Andy Poland is a member of the D.C. Sports Jewish Hall of Fame, correct? Correct, correct. And you have your meeting when? It's uh, Wednesday this week. And and what does it take to get into the D.C. Sports Jewish Hall of Fame? Well, criteria number one, Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> criteria number two, connection to D.C. sports, either growing up here or participating in sports for one of the local teams. And uh, if he becomes a redskin, it makes him automatically eligible. Is he full Jewish? As far as I know. Okay. Because yeah. Sage Rosenfels was half, right? Right. Well, and he's he he says he's Jewish. His mother was not Jewish. Father was. Uh, Rosen, obviously, Jewish father. I believe Jewish mother, though I could be mistaken. Yeah. And and if you are, if your father is Jewish, but your mother is not, that's the weaker of the Correct. half Jewish denomination, right? Correct. If your mother's Jewish, you are considered Jewish unless you decide to denounce it. Yeah, because a Jewish mother will guilt you into all kinds of things. Oh, you should eat. Oh, you look te- you look so hungry. Is everything okay? Have you found yeah. a nice woman? All the cliches, right, Andy? Correct, correct. Yeah. Uh, guilt is the number one criteria for Jewish mothering. All right, so let's talk about Rosen, 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 Rosen. Where the hell's the records room? Are you into this pursuit, which popped up like a summer thunderstorm around here because it wasn't being talked about as of Wednesday of last week? Yeah, well, all of a sudden, Kyler Murray, and this is what happens. Mel Kuyper told me about this years ago. Suddenly, a guy will catch fire. And everybody falls in love with him, and he skyrockets up the board. So when Kyler Murray became, in the minds of many, the clear number one, that leaves an extra quarterback in Arizona. So you want to unload Josh Rosen. And I think that if you're going to do that, the Redskins are a willing taker. Now, Peter King is saying that he's only third-round worthy. Well, if the Redskins are going to give up a first-rounder to do it, a, why wouldn't Arizona do it? And B, why wouldn't the Redskins do it? In that, whoa, you have whoa, cost whoa. slow to down, it. slow down. If what did you say about why would the Redskins give up a first if Peter King says the market's a third? Because they're desperate, and Arizona knows they're desperate to do it. And I don't think giving up a first rounder for him is such a bad idea. I think I think he's whatever you may think of Colt McCoy. He's a four game quarterback. Okay, you got you got uh, twelve more games to worry about. So you got to have a guy who can play, and given that he's playing under a rookie deal, that makes him affordable for the next few years, whether Alex Smith plays or not. I don't know, Andy. I don't know because it just seems like, let's say they could get, by the way, I don't think Arizona's getting a first. Well, actually, let me, let me back up here. Let me slow down. Back to what Mel says about certain guys catch fire. I do <clears> agree <throat> that in today's NFL, with the long offseason and the excessive scrutiny that goes into the offseason. I mean, there's way too much attention paid to the Senior Bowl, to the stupid combine, free agency, the draft. It's excessive. And so teams get caught up into this, and they start falling in love with the guy. It's why Cam Newton, I remember distinctly, as the season ended, Cam Newton was projected as a mid-first. Like, he might go 15th. By the time he threw at his pro day and Trent Dilfer raved on ESPN about the pop and the sizzle that his balls exhibited coming out of his hand, he went straight to the top like a hit song by the Beatles. Yeah. And that's happening with Kyler Murray, agreed? And he hasn't even run or thrown. The only thing he did was measure that inch. That inch from 5'9 and an eighth to 5'10 and an eighth is is all the difference in the world. Everybody now thinks, oh, well, if he's 5'9, he couldn't play quarterback. But now he's 5'10, oh, he can play quarterback. So let's let's just play this out here. Arizona would be flipping Rosen to another team, say the Redskins. And let's Mm -hmm. say it's a second rounder and considerations. 
You're yep. talking about the Redskins now getting a quarterback whose cap number, Andy, will be 1.8, 2.2, and like three over the next three years because the Redskins don't pay his prorated rookie bonus. The Cardinals are on the hook for that. Right. So you're getting the 10th overall pick last year with one year of NFL seasoning and no body damage for less than what the other team paid and you're paying him that little money? Uh, something doesn't add up here, Andy. Either this is never going to happen or Arizona knows something. Well, could be. I mean, they he played 13 games last year. Wasn't very good. Team was pretty bad. A right. lot of quarterbacks look bad, whether they're on a good team or a bad team. And I remember going into last year that he was projected at some point to be number one, slid down where they take him 10. 10. And... And the, the question is, does he love football? And I think that's, that's crucial. Uh, and maybe they have to find that out before they make the deal. But if he does like football and he seems to be a smart guy and the numbers you just went through seem to make sense, why wouldn't you take the risk to take them? You got nothing to lose here, it seems. Which is why it just it doesn't sound right to me. I, I believe yeah. Arizona, maybe I'm stupid. I believe they're not that stupid. Why would you flip a guy and pay the tax on his rookie bonus and then reach for a guy in Kyler Murray who was going to be a baseball player as recently as November? Right, but Cliff Kingsbury is the coach. And Cliff Kingsbury said at some point last season when he was at Texas Tech, yeah, and so now he's he's in that spot. Curiously, that's happened. Is it so? Is it possible Arizona's that dumb? Well, I, I also think that the decisions on Rosen were made last year with a different coaching staff. You have a new coaching staff in place. You move on. I mean, the days of of having to play this out with these top quarterbacks when you used to pay them fifty million dollars that's over. If it doesn't work, you move on. That's why they're talking about the top three players in the draft being quarterbacks. If it doesn't work this year, you take another one next year. What does it matter? It's rookie money. Okay, so if we get in the Rosen business, how long do we have to stick with it? Well, you have them for three years if you want them. If you don't like them, you can get rid of them. Let's say he replicates statistically the year he had in Arizona because we Mm -hmm. don't figure to have a great team this coming season, and they finish – seven and nine are we obligated to go back and start them again in 2021 oh no 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 then you have a whole off season of oh i saw alex jogging <laughs> he looked pretty good here he is playing catch with his kids okay hey. hold on a second <laughs> do you really believe that the redskins will sell that fiction into next winter if they need to they will if they need to, if it's yeah. a lie they need, they will dress yeah. that lie up and walk it out on the street. Right, right. I mean, look, did you hear what Bruce Allen said at the Combine? What he said? We were never in the Flacco. Well, <laughs> That's how he said it. We were never in the Flacco. You never, believe that? We were never in the Flacco? Yeah, meaning that we were never in oh, the okay. in the in process of trading for him, even though it was widely reported that they tried to make a deal, and that's why Denver stepped in and made the deal so quickly. Yeah, well, Bruce Allen's good at lying. That's why he's kept his job. Right, that's what I'm saying. So, yeah. so he's he's already saying, you know, oh, it's day by day with Alex. So next year can be day by day too. It can be day by day for a full off season. The interesting thing about the league right now, Andy, is that I looked around and there are very few thirsty teams for a quarterback. Right. We're, we are a thirsty team thanks to Alex's injury, and the Jaguars are thirsty because they cut Bortles and they're likely going to land Foles via free agency. Otherwise, there aren't any real openings. Like, literally no teams with a gaping need. Teams either have a young rookie that they have high hopes for, or they've got a veteran who won't leave, like Brady or Breeze or Eli Manning in New York. Mm -hmm. Or you've got some teams whose quarterbacks the teams are sick of and would love to get rid of, but they're having a hard time finding anyone to take them. That would be Tannehill in Miami. That would be... Uh, the Red Rifle in Cincy, and it would be Derek Carr in Oakland. Mm-hmm. This is unusual. 
It's a weird time in the league. Normally, yeah, and, there's, and also, normally there's a dozen thirsty teams and only about a half a dozen decent options. I think right, the numbers but, are reversed now. And also, in, in the ones you mentioned, if, if Cincinnati has to go back to Andy Dalton, okay, that's all right. You know, and and if the other teams have to stick with what they've got, that's okay too. Like, there's no the only real desperate situation is here, and they can say all they want about Colt McCoy and how much they love him and how much he likes the offense and how much Jay likes him. He's not going to last. He's he's going to play three or four games and get hurt. You know it. My desire is to take a defensive crouch for 2019, and to essentially tank but tank with integrity and youth. So in other words, Andy, let every free agent walk, and that includes Adrian Peterson. Like, Oh, yeah. He yeah, needs to be let Adrian Peterson, we got the dead cat bounce, as they say, in the stock market out of AP. We got the one bounce a dead cat will give you off the top of a skyscraper. We're not getting that again, number one. Number two, we're assuming Geis is going to be healthy in the starter. So I don't even want to go down that road. The notion of paying him money is stupid to me. Peterson is a yesterday idea. I want tomorrow ideas. So that's not what they do. I know. So let every. So my my desire would be to let 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 all the free agents walk, Mm -hmm. and to throw youth at it. To say Colts our guy, we believe in him, even if they know he's going to get hurt, even if they know he's not that good. Have a delusional belief that Alex can come back late in the year, which they know he can't and won't. And then take your lumps. And we will meet right back here at this park bench, Andy, next <laughs> January. And guess what? It's going to come quicker than you think. To me as a fan, one year ain't going to kill me of sucking. I have no urgency to win this year. This team yeah. and this franchise has not won for a long time. So I'm no in no rush. This is what I want the year to be because I believe with the money we had budgeted for Alex and they had pretty much counted on a three-year window with Alex Smith, don't you think, would be fair? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All of that, it's like our house burned to the ground. So yeah. I don't want to go furniture shopping right now. Our, there, our our house is still in in ruins. We've got to clear it out and start rebuilding it again. So I want to take our lumps. But Dan, you know, needs to win. And Bruce yeah. needs to win. And Jay needs to win. Right. right? But they're not going to. They're not going to win. They're not going to win with this quarterback. But they're going to try to win. That... And, and they have no wide receivers. Well, they have, unless they strike it rich in the draft, and drafting wide receivers is a really dicey. difficult proposition. So uh, I don't know. A, I don't know who the quarterback is to throw to them. B, I don't know who the receivers are. And if Darius Geis comes back and is great, fine. But I'm with you on Peterson. So, yeah, the offense looks terrible right now. And the defense, you know, I was all in. Got to have Zach Brown back. Zach Brown back. He stinks. <laughs> he, he was bad. <laughs> Yeah, so they, they don't have they, oh they don't have much on any position right now. You want Josh Norman back? A lot of sizzle, not much stake there. No, there's, there's nothing there. The coverage bare. There's yeah. no, nobody there. Yeah. No, no talent. No real talent on this team. Do you think we're seriously going to be in on the Antonio Brown Derby? No, okay. and that would be for this team <laughs> be insanity. It would be, but it's being talked about. Of course, How- because. They're desperate. How come our team's name gets into everybody's reports on potential landing spots for certain free agents that are high profile or big dollars? Ian Rappaport, Peter King, we're always in there. Oh, the Redskins might be interested. I think I think that other teams think the perception is out there that the Redskins still spend stupidly. That's the one thing they haven't really done under Allen. They really haven't done the stupid free agent signings that they've done in the past have gone cheap and uh, on a lot of things. And I think that agents throw it out there because I think the perception is, Oh, well, the Redskins will outbid everybody. We better jump in. (sighs) Did you see the Antonio Brown feature on ESPN over the weekend? I I, I saw some of it. I I don't really know if I want to play football. I'm in charge here. What what is he doing? What what the hell is he talking about? Did you see the inside of his 18,000-square-foot mansion? 
Uh, just the uh, wide shot of the interview. Why did they give you a tour? No, not a tour. <laughs> there were some cutaways, but mm. I had somebody email me saying, "You know, this is what makes it so hard to be a sports fan now to have to sit there and listen to these numbskulls go on and on about, oh, I'm not happy and I'm disrespected and I want to be mm. traded here, and they're in these insanely huge houses. Fuck them, basically." Do you remember, uh, this goes back quite a ways, when um, Michael Westbrook invited Dave Sell of The Post over to his house so he could show him the big house and the home theater and the Lamborghini in the driveway, and it was his way of saying, it's, I'm not a bust. Look at me. Look at all I have here. I, and, I, I did not read that article. I had not yet come back to town. That was circa 98, I want to say. Yeah, late 90s, somewhere in there. Yeah. yeah, and I didn't read the article. You always would reference it to me. And what was funny is Michael Westbrook owned an otherwise nondescript suburban track home in Northern Virginia that at the time was valued at $800,000. Right. <laughs> it was the anti-baller house, but he thought he was a baller because he had a home theater. La-dee-fucking-da. Right. Right. Yeah, well, he did have a Lamborghini, which cost a couple hundred thousand at the time. But yeah, yes, okay. he uh, that was that was, and that's how they think. Oh, look at me! I'm rich. I must be good. Yeah, and and he's a guy that did not love football. See, this is another thing that I got no. into on Twitter over the weekend. You know, someone said, "Stop questioning athletes who have interests outside of football and wondering whether they love the game." My reply was, "But that's something you should always be looking for." Because most busts don't love football. They're just good at it. Westbrook was one. That yep. kid, Jonathan Martin, was yep. another one. Uh, mm-hmm. Trying to think who else wasn't really in love with the game but was just good at it. Well, I've heard Cooley say you'd be surprised at how many guys don't love football. Right. You know? And, and, and they, they may not love football even when they're feeling good and healthy. How do they love it when their knee is killing them? Their old lady is bothering them for more money. It's week 14. They're on a two-win team. Coaches are saying, if you don't get your ass in shape, I'm going to bench you. That's when you have to know, do you love football or do you just like it? Yeah, and when you're financially secure, that's the amazing thing about Brady. I mean, he's got everything, and he still wants more. There aren't that many guys like that. Yeah, well, that's the thing. They, the, the NFL draft and you know the combine and these stupid interviews, did you see where one guy said he was asked yeah. if he has both testicles? Yeah. Another, another player said he was uh, engaged in a staring contest, and it, he said he won it after like 16 seconds. Right. It's so fucking mindless. What, what they need to do is come up with a secondary test. I think I read a story about this where some teams want to do a secondary test to the Wonderlick that doesn't necessarily measure just intelligence, but somehow probes at, does this guy have motivation to yeah. be great? Like, is there a personality profile that we think would do better? Because you look at guys like Brady, you look at Larry Fitzgerald. That's a dude who loves football. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. He uh, and he's been at it a long time, and he he kind of grew up around it. You know, his father is a sports writer, so he's at the Minnesota Vikings camp. He was a ball boy for Dennis Green and and those teams, and and he's been around in his life, and he, and he loves it. But you know, I, I I think you retweeted something I put out that I retweeted from Super Seventies Sports. Yes, and it's a, it's a photo of Pete Rozelle at an actual chalkboard for the nineteen sixty seven draft. And if you look at the players who were drafted and the order that they were drafted in, it stacks up pretty similar to what happens today. There's no Wonderlick test. There's no combine. There's there's general managers drafting out of Street and Smith, and and you still come up with Busts. basically the same looking kind of first round that you get today. So with all this Hazarai, what do you get? Same thing. Yeah, and it's funny that that was the technology of the day—a chalkboard. That was it. That was the official, hey, we need to write this down so everyone can see it. Of course, it was not on TV at the time, right? Right, right. Now, they didn't start televising it till like, 80, 81 on ESPN. But, you know, it's the people who are in the rooms, okay, let's see who's still on the board before we make our selection. Oh, Bubba Smith's gone. I guess we better not draft him. <laughs> and I believe the draft is in Nashville this year, which yeah. is going the- to be incredible. Nashville, 
in early May or is it late April for the draft this year? Whatever yeah. the case, springtime in Nashville, party city. Oh my God, it's going to be incredible. This fucking league. It's amazing. I, amazing I, hate, I hate this league, and yet I got to tip my cap to this league because they keep yeah. finding ways to squeeze more revenue out of the out of the dish rag. Right, and 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 the most high profile owner does the most ridiculous thing, and somehow they're going to skate past this. This is oh, not going to be much damage to the league. We didn't talk about craft, did we? <laughs> no, we did not. All right, Andy. Let me get. Let me put a quarter in your uh, jukebox. <laughs> Tell me about your thoughts on Bobby Kraft. Well, uh, I guess it goes to show you in this post OJ world, we don't know these people. And I always used to cringe when I would hear Mike Greenberg say, "Oh, what a nice guy he is! He's such a nice guy." <laughs> you don't know them. You you don't know these people. You don't know their demons. You don't know what they do with their spare time. But here's a guy who's a billionaire going off to a strip mall in his Bentley for a little rub and tug, and it just it's just baffling. I mean, a guy like that could have everybody come to him. I mean, what what? I still can't get my head around him going to the strip mall 30 minutes from his house to get this kind of service. 30 minutes. That's, that was my thing. I'm like, even if you're a billionaire being chauffeured, which he was in his Bentley, yeah. wouldn't your instant thought be, Oh, oy vey, 30 minutes. <laughs> Who's got time for that? Like this order fucking, in yeah. gets to order in. <laughs> and the other thing is, you know, he right after sweet Myra passed from cancer, he quickly hooked up with that young, attractive Ford model. I forget her name. She was in that awful audition video that he did. He's yeah, I kid. saw that. He's had a kid with this woman who is mm-hmm. very attractive, right? And yeah. she's presumably on the payroll of Kraft Incorporated, right? She's mm-hmm. a she's a she she's hooked into her sugar daddy, old Bobby Kraft, right? Yeah. Where was she? Why wasn't she there to take care of Bob, big game Bob, on the day of the AFC title game? Where was she, Andy? Wasn't, well, maybe he, isn't that part of her deal? I, I don't know. I don't know what their arrangement is. Um, maybe it's somewhat similar to the one that Jack Kent Cook had with Marlena Cook in that if she had actually lived together with him, she would have collected a hell of a lot more money. Ricky, but she would just Ricky Noel. Up. Ricky Noel Lander is her name. And the yeah. New York Post reported that she just had a baby uh, last January. So about a year <laughs> ago. Uh-huh. And, and Lander is 38 years old. And I'm trying to think of the celebrity that she looks like. She is, she's quite lovely. And former model, former dancer, and not a pole dancer, but like a trained classical dancer. It goes to my axiom, and this is a this is a. Can I say you know, disturbing news, Andy? I said this yesterday on the Zabecast. Do you know who subscribes to this now? Who? My mom. Oh, really? <laughs> hey, what does she say about it? <laughs> Oh, she, oh, I just feel it. I, I joked that it's my inheritance coming to me $5 a month <laughs> from my mom. <sighs> All right, mom, please don't listen to this because you're not going to like your son. Because this is a podcast for men for the most part, amongst men. Here, here is the theory I've floated to you before, Andy, and that is simple. Right. At some point, every rich woman has sucked her last dick. <laughs> Am I right? You don't I think suppose. you don't think Prince Harry and Prince William's princesses are doing that kind of thing anymore, do you? I don't. No. At no. some point, I have a theory, every rich, wealthy, good-looking woman, married, mistress, gumar, sugar mom, whatever, they have retired from doing that. And I think Ricky Noel Lander has retired from sucking Bob Kraft's dick, and so he had to go to a, a little seedy Asian massage parlor. But again, it, it still doesn't answer the question why he had to go there. 
why couldn't they come to him? And, you know, Easier, why couldn't I guess. that... I guess, and, and maybe maybe he thought with people who work for him, they wouldn't want to see these Asian women showing up at his house for whatever it was going on there. Uh, I will say this. You bring them bundled up in a rug in the trunk. What do you mean being seen? <laughs> well, I will say this. At 77, it appears the outdoor plumbing is still working for old uh, Bobby, isn't it? You know what? Pharmaceuticals <laughs> are a hell of a thing, Andy. They've That's got, true. They've got pills that'll get that thing working no matter what. Yeah. I, I think I think this. I think that was his thing. I think he got yeah. off on that. And and that's right. and you know what? In the absence of everything else, that's cool, man. Whatever gets you off, as as uh, as uh, Doctor Ruth Westheimer would always say, you know, whatever it is that you get turned on by, that's a wonderful thing, right? Always very sex positive. As long as nobody was getting hurt in the process, nobody was getting hurt in this because he wasn't with a 19-year-old or a 17-year-old from China who was not allowed to leave for 68 days in a row, that would have been the nightmare for the NFL? Yeah, but but we don't know whether he knew about that or not. And the perception of he that, should, I mean, they're going to do everything. He should know he, that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and well, they're going to do everything they can to, to spackle over that. But that's a really bad look for the league. That That oh, is, that terrible. that's the worst part about it. A yeah, billionaire flipping a hundred dollar bill which is like a penny to him mm-hmm. but at least the woman was 53 years old and the other yeah. one was 40 so yeah. it it would have been a much worse optics if he was regularly with 17 year olds that would have been really really bad anyway okay uh let's get to bryce harper so yeah. how do you think it's going to go for him in philadelphia as long as he doesn't go through a slump like he went through in the first half of last year, it'll be fine. But if that happens this coming June, oh, my God, we're stuck with this guy for 12 more years? Oh, my God, what a terrible situation. Um, I, 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 what I've heard now, this is from Libero, uh, that there has been a lot of Boris spinning lately about what the Nationals offered and that they deferred money, which is being painted as such a terrible deal for Harper, that he was not going to collect money till he was 60 years old, is overblown. That the Nationals deal was right there, and Boris thought, well, we're going to get a lot more money than this. Uh, Mike Rizzo said today that they never countered, they never came back to him. Uh, and I just think that, that what happened is Boris didn't think the market was going to be as dry as it was, and this is the only face saver he could come up with was to get the contract, total contract, more than Giancarlo Stanton. Otherwise, it's, it does not seem to be a, a win for Harper. I don't buy it that Harper is a fit for Philly. I don't buy yeah. it that he wanted to be there. No. No. But no. No. he wanted that number. He wanted 330 desperately. And that's a weird thing. As a fan, Andy, that's a weird thing to think, you're already filthy rich. Why does a number matter to you? Because athletes think different than we do. Yeah, it's also odd that a guy with that much confidence wouldn't have taken the four years $168 million offer from the Dodgers and then trotted out in free agency again in four years. That, to me, is odd. Now, he sold this pretty well. I watched the whole news conference from Florida, and he sold it pretty well. That He wanted to put down roots, and he wanted to be part of the community. And when he came to the Nationals, all anybody talked about was him going to the Yankees or the Dodgers, and now you can put an end to that. The other thing about the deal is, with the no opt-out, is it makes him very tradable. So if, if there is a possibility to go to the Yankees, and I still think he wants to play for the Yankees, that makes him very tradable there because they have cost certainty uh, with the rest of his contract. Yeah. So I think it's possible. He does that, have a no. That, that would, he does have a no trade, but he would certainly well, he wave, wave that. He would wave yeah, it to wave go that. to the Yankees. He wouldn't yeah, exactly. wave it to go to the Marlins. Exactly. Yeah. They, so that's that's what that's there for. But the the no opt out would make him attractive on the trade market if there's a team he would want to go to. He is so the antithesis, though, of a typical Philadelphia sports icon. They don't like yeah. the pretty boy show ponies. They like the hustlers, the overachievers, the grinders, the guys that are rough around the edges. This is a hair-flopping, 
thin-skinned, hey, bro, that's a clown question. This media cold shower he's going to get if things start going badly, he won't know how to handle it because... Oh, yeah. yeah. Our, our, a media, different town. our media members, I like them all. They do a good job at covering the team, but let's be honest. Soft. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh uh, uh, of course. And Philadelphia, you got guys like Howard Eskin. They'll, they'll, they'll destroy and you. That's, that's what they do. Right. Yeah. Um, imagine if Harper is hitting 189 and he's complaining about the shift every night and then he throws a ball, you know, over a cutoff man to lose a game. Oh, oh yeah. it's on then. It is on oh. then. Good luck to him. I don't I'm yeah. not going to really miss him. I mean, he was great while he was here. I liked having him here, but we move on. Yeah, well look, you got Soto in his spot who could be as good. And if you can keep the money you save by not resigning him, if you can keep Rendon at third base. I think that's an overall win. Yeah. All right, real quick to end on this. Uh, uh, Sunday, the Terps, your beloved Terps, lost to the uh, Michigan Wolverines. Two things I want to ask you about. Turgeon at one point stepped in, head coach Mark Turgeon of the Terps, stepped in, got on the PA, and addressed the crowd, students, who were chanting, you are ugly, to Mm -hmm. Brzezikas of Michigan. I thought that was overreaching. It was not yeah, vulgar. Gary never did that. Right. It was not vulgar. It was a creative little raz. I, I did not like that. What did you think? Yeah, I, I thought that was something he shouldn't involve himself. I went to some Duke games when Gary was coaching. Oh, my God. Oh, J.J. J. J. Redick got it Oof. so bad. Yeah, and, and, and Gary, there, there was an incident where um, was it Carlos Boozer's mom or one of the, one of the players oh, got hit right. with a water bottle. That that was bad, but yeah. but by and large, that stuff was considered okay I think for the they, Duke game. I think they chanted "fuck you, JJ." Oh, I'm sure they did, and I saw some signs that were much worse. So, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the other that wasn't the, good. The other thing, and I knew this warmed your cockles to see the Michigan player with the running hook shot off the glass. I tweeted about that. Yeah, uh, Xavier Simpson. Yes. That, yeah. that is one of those lost art moves. Like, that's a move well, in sports that is basically extinct, and yet he has somehow brought it back from the dead like Jurassic Park. Well, that, that, that was a move that Kareem developed and was unstoppable. I've never seen it from a guard. And and from the way he, he executed it, and he did it four times, he was four for four. Right. Uh, he's He's obviously practiced that. And it's it's not something that, you know, is real sexy on the playground. You know, most guys are shooting threes, and the three is valued more than ever. But that is an unblockable, unstoppable shot. And if you can hit that at, you know, 50%. It's pretty good. I think, yeah. I, I think I, I, his father is a high school coach, and they said he worked with him in the offseason on developing a few things. That is a deadly weapon. That That is awesome. I think we need to bring back now the EFAS pitch in baseball and the drop kick in football, and we'll have well, all the old school moves that have gone extinct back in sports. Well, have you checked Rick Barry's career free throw shooting percentage? It's pretty good. It's one of the highest ever. Yeah. 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 yeah it well, works. It works, right. It's not about how. It's just about uh, does it work. So Yeah. All right, Andrew, good to check in as always. So much that lands on our laps in the world of sports. It just keeps coming. You know, we should save. I know you want to keep this uh, briefer, but we should at some point talk about the long ESPN story about Donaghy. Oh, oh, we need a book club on that. Let's book next week. Let's you and I book club it. I'll make sure to sort of earmark certain things. I talked about it Friday here on the Zabecast with Mr. X. He had not read the story. But being a gambler himself, he quickly sniffed out bullshit. Just a, a spin job by the league, which I'll credit Stern. He had to do it to save the league. Oh, oh yeah. But 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 the extent that he had to do it was amazing. And Norman Chad wrote a really good column today basically saying, you know, everybody's still talking about Arnold Rothstein fixing the 1919 World Series. Check what happened here. And nobody seems to care. I know. I know. It's just yeah. funny the way it is. And the feds fucked up by telling Stern. Yep, they did. Oh, well, well, what happened was 
the they leaked it to the New York Post because they were going to put a wire on Donaghy. Uh, yeah. And, and and find out what other refs were doing this. Yeah, but they said they regret alerting Stern. Like, hey, we think one of your guys is in on this. And that allowed Stern to circle the wagons and do damage control. Whereas otherwise they would have put a wire on Donaghy. And like they said in the piece, who knows where it would have gone from then. Yeah. Exactly. All right, Andrew. I'll let you go, buddy. Good to talk. All right, Dave. There you go. Talk to you. Let's end on this today. I've heard of good ideas in sports. I've heard of great ideas in sports. I've seen them implemented before. This one is an all-timer. Brazil's Tennis Open has replaced ball boys with ball dogs. Yes. Good dog. That's a good doggy. Good doggy. Go after that ball. The dogs play a key role on the court. They are adoptable shelter dogs. And yes, when the tennis balls go a flying, the dogs go running after them. Now, you're going to want to replace those balls because they got a lot of slime on them. But that is one hell of an idea right there. Brazilian tennis ball dogs. Adorable. He's a good boy. Give me, no, give me the ball. Give me the ball. Hold up. Hold on a second. I'd start watching tennis if they had ball dogs instead of ball boys. Absolutely classic. That will do it for us today. Thank you for listening. Download, subscribe, get the app. It's handy. It's useful. It's free. Podcasts are yours to enjoy, and I do thank you for enjoying this one. Email me at zabe at yahoo.com. Now, get on out there. Go throw a tennis ball to your dog. Have a great day, and we will see you next time.